This week's been an interesting week. Uh, thank all of you who came out to, uh, to be a part of the, the book signing. Uh, thank y'all for your support and your love and your encouragement. Uh, each and every one of you that have shared words of encouragement and have, uh, have just been there, thank you for that. The big idea of painkillers is when you run from something, you always run to something. When we're hurting and we don't know what to do, a lot of times we run to the wrong things. And uh, this week, someone came in uh, today and said, Brother Jackie, how's your hand? You had to sign so many books, and to God be the glory for that. But uh, someone said, Brother Jackie, your life verse that you put in that book, it's Psalms 37 and verse number 4. It says, delight yourself. In the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And what a powerful verse that is. And I was thinking uh, this week, all of you know you don't have an outline. It isn't because I'm lazy, trust me. It's because I've been praying all week and seeking after God. And I was thinking uh, this week, yesterday and uh, tonight, or today, I was thinking, God, that's going to be so easy for me on Sunday night. Because I know exactly what Psalms 37 says. I know exactly the words that I want to tell them to open their Bible and open it up and <clears throat> turn to Psalms 37. And uh, I, I, I was thinking, you know what, I, that's going to be so easy for me to do, uh, to tell you to turn to Psalms 37 in your Bible and man, get your pens out and your paper out. And, and there's some unique words in there to circle and and uh, man, I'm going to tell you, I was ready for that. I was all jazzed up and I was ready to say, uh, man, Psalms 37 verse 4, let's shout it out together and let's get excited about that. And man, if you will delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. And I was doing good with that until about, about 5 o'clock. And uh, I was thinking, are you kidding me? God, you want, really, really want me to do that? So Brother Rick and I was walking around the campus to see all the classes. And for all of you that started your new classes tonight, and all of you that are attending those classes, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate all of you that gave your life away to, to get ready. And we had three painkiller classes and marriage classes and in-the-womb classes and all the stuff. And Brother Rick and I were moving around. Just I said, get your coffee, man, and, and come on with me and let's walk. You can drink that coffee while you're walking tonight. I want to go see those classes. And then I ran into a woman that was weeping. And she was crying her eyes out. And she, I said, what's wrong with you? And she couldn't talk. And she was bawling. And she, I got her by herself. And she said these words to me. She said, Brother Jackie, I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard. And I just want to quit. And I said, no, you're not. You're not going to quit. I will beat you up in this hall. You're not going to quit. I'm not going to let you quit. God's not going to let you quit. Tears are running down her face. And she's just weeping. She can't hardly talk. and She can't get her breath. And she's, she's just overwhelmed. And she said, I, I, I just, I, I'm trying, Brother Jackie, but I, I just, I just, I can't. I said, yes, you can. You can. Have you ever felt like that? 
You ever felt like you just wanted to go somewhere and weep? Have you ever felt like you just can't do it? You ever felt like you just didn't have it in you anymore to pick up yourself and move on? And you hear people like me go, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can do it. But at the same time, you're thinking, Pastor, I just don't know if I got, I don't know if I got it in me. And it's at those times you want to, you want to stay at home or you want to run or you want to hide or you want to climb in a hole somewhere and cover up and you don't want to come out again to face life. And as I was thinking about that, God said, don't you dare open Psalms 37. You open John chapter 8. So tonight, if you have your Bible with you, I'm inviting you to join with me as we open John, see I even said, almost said Psalms. As we open our Bible to the book of John, chapter 8, we are reminded tonight uh, about Jesus being involved with talking with religious people. You know, uh, we as people sometimes give an impression that we got it all figured out. That, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we the church folks, and man, you're supposed to have it all together, and cross all the T's and dot all the I's and you know sometimes you can get a pharisaical attitude about yourself that you're better than everybody else and sometimes we forget where we came from don't we sometimes we have a tendency as churches to forget that we were there too sometimes we have a tendency to forget that we struggle we have struggled and we battled and life always is not always easy and struggles and battles that people fight with in their life sometimes gets overwhelming. And I'm reminded of John chapter 8 tonight when we read verse number 1. It says, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now, we've been there in Israel. Uh, a few years ago, Brother Rick and Cindy and Denise and I had the opportunity to go and be in that place where Jesus was. And we look there that Jesus was in this place and the Bible tells us early in the morning he came again to the temple. Now it was, it was common for Jesus to do that. It was common for the religious leaders to gather together in the temple for the reading of the scriptures and uh, for the religious activities of the day. And uh, we realized that this was not something that was uncommon for Jesus to uh, participate in and for the leaders to participate in. For right above that in chapter 7, we find a very familiar name, Nicodemus. And, and we realized that Nicodemus was the ruler of the Jews. And so it was very common for them to participate in the temple worship. The Bible says that when Jesus was in the temple that morning that all the people came to him. And obviously, as you begin to read your Bible, you understand that, uh, that the people there were intrigued with him. Uh, they were intrigued with the message that he spoke, the delivery that he gave, the insight that he shared, the, the miraculous things that he had done, the lives that he had stirred, the miraculous miracles that had happened. And so... Uh, we realize that all the people came to him. Now, just because a lot of people show up doesn't mean they come for the right reason. It doesn't mean that when we have church on Sunday that all the people that are gathered together in this vast auditorium and 
on the campuses of Eden West Side that everybody's there to connect with Jesus. So we find that obviously there must have been a crowd there. There must have been a lot of people. The numbers that morning must have been great numbers for people to come to the temple. The Bible says that he did something. He sat down, which was the, the customary thing to do. The Bible tells us that he taught them. Now, we realize that in this, he was, a, he was talking and teaching them the true principles of the kingdom of God. And the Bible tells us in verse number three that the scribes and the Pharisees, right in the middle of all this, can you imagine this? All the religious leaders are there. All the people there. There's a crowd there. The intensity of the moment must have been profound, for I am convinced that when Jesus began to teach, you could hear a pin drop. I believe that he had authority in what he said. I believe that when he was there, all eyes were on him, and every ear was attuned to him, and the crowds were great, and the numbers were great, and they were all kind of packed into this place. The Bible uses the term all. All the people came to him. Now, when you begin to study that, you begin to realize that in that word all, it's not just a small number. It was a vast number. Can you picture that? The temple there in that very special sacred place was packed out with God himself teaching without them even recognizing and realizing that. What a profound moment that must have been as everybody was listening and everybody was tuned in. It was almost as if that I kind of picture it like this. There have been times in our church that the Spirit of God was so real and so powerful in this place that when I walked to the sacred pulpit and I opened the Word of God and I began to speak, not anything of myself, but there are just supernatural moments where God shows up and everybody's locked in and everybody's attentive and there's no disturbances and it's almost as if that's what's going on. Maybe some people were listening to him uh, because they were intrigued with the message. Maybe some people were listening to him because they wanted to find something wrong with what he said. Maybe some people were listening to him just to examine who he was or the, the, the reasons could go from now until eternity. Why did they show up in the temple that day? Why were they there? Right in the middle of all that, there was an amazing moment that took place. According to verse number three, the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, brought unto him a woman. Can you imagine that moment? When all of a sudden, right in the middle of all that activity and all the teaching and all the expounding on the truths of the kingdom of God, the service gets interrupted, ladies and gentlemen. Now we find the religious leaders come busting in, bringing a woman to the place. The Bible says she was taken in adultery. She was a woman that was involved in an adulterous act. And they come and they brought her and they set her right in the middle of that congregation of people. Can you imagine how she felt? Can you imagine the humiliation, the pain, the disgrace. Can you imagine for just a moment, could we just today, tonight, for just a moment, everybody, could we just for a moment just forget who we are and forget where we are and let's place ourselves there? 
Can you imagine <clears throat> all of a sudden the doors of our sanctuary open up and our deacons are dragging a woman in and they bring her down front of our service and they say, this woman, we caught her in the parking lot. We caught her in the act of committing adultery. We, we caught her in this act. What a disgrace. What a terrible thing she's done. They bring her in and they, they place her in front of our church. And they make the display about her. And they begin to make the accusation and they say to me here at this pulpit, Brother Jackie, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. And, and that's what they did to this woman in the temple. They brought her in and they cast her down and they said to Jesus, Master, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Now Moses says that we should stone her. What do you say? The law of Moses says that we should take this woman and she should be sentenced to death. Now the law of Moses does say that. But not only does the law of Moses say that she should be stoned, but also the man to which she is, she is committing adultery with should be stoned as well. But now we find this woman is brought in, put in a public situation, and says, Moses says, stone her. What do you want us to do with her? You ever felt like you wasn't good enough? You ever felt like every eye was on you? Have you ever felt like everybody was pointing at you, even though they may not? I can't tell you how many people that I've talked to <clears throat> in my life that have said, Brother Jake, I'm not going to come to church because when I come there, I've, I feel like every eye is on me. I feel like that I don't measure up. I feel like I'm not good enough. And can I go on record to say this? None of us are good enough. Not, not any of us. And they said this tempting him in verse number six that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger, he wrote on the ground as if he had not heard him. What a profound reaction. What an what a, what a incredible reaction Jesus has to, to those that brought the woman in and he stoops down and he, he writes on the ground. Someone has said, what is he writing? When he writes on the ground, what is he writing? Maybe, maybe we could speculate tonight. Maybe he was writing the ten, one of the Ten Commandments that says, thou shalt not commit adultery. Maybe, maybe he stoops down and he, uh, he writes that. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Or maybe he was writing something like this. Judge not, lest thou be judged. Or maybe he was writing this. Nicodemus. Maybe he was writing their names down in the sand. We don't know what he was writing, but he was writing something. They continued to ask him, 
What are you going to do with this woman? And the Bible says, would you open your Bible and read with me verse number 7, the last part of it? He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And when Jesus said that, he kept writing on the ground. The Bible says, they that heard it became convicted by their own conscience. And they started leaving, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone with a woman standing in the midst of it. And when Jesus lifted up himself, he saw nobody but the woman. And he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Has no man condemned you? Nobody threw a rock at you? Nobody, nobody stoned you? And in verse number 11, she says, No man, Lord. And Jesus saith unto her, one of the most powerful sentences that we could ever hear in our life. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Ladies and gentlemen, what a profound statement that is, that Jesus did not condemn her. And when I look there together in verse, most people stop there when they're teaching on this passage of Scripture that Jesus doesn't condemn her. But I don't stop there. I want you to notice verse number 12 as you guys come for just a minute. Jesus spake again unto them saying, would you read verse 12 with me everybody? I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Can I get an amen? How many of you are thankful tonight? Amen. Let's give him praise for that. God is good. God is good. I asked myself this question today. Lord, why did you want me to say this? Why did you want me to read that? I almost, well, not almost, I fought with him. Because I really wanted to go to Psalms 37. And as I was sitting over there, God said, you better not. You better not go to Psalms 37. So I asked him, Lord, why do you want me to read that? This is what the Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart and said. Because there's people in here tonight that feels like she felt. They've made bad choices and they've made bad decisions. And they feel like she felt. They're here tonight, but they feel like they're condemned. I, I don't know who you are. 
I don't know your story, but I do know this. God wanted me to tell you that he didn't come to condemn you. He come to love you. And I think that so many times we hide, we hide. And tonight I'm gonna ask you to do something for me. I wonder if tonight you would be willing to take your mask off, become open and vulnerable to the Lord, just come to him just absolutely come to him and let him get you at this altar and let him wash you let him wash you let him wash you from your guilt from your shame from your past, from your brokenness, from your bad choices, that you could just come and, and lay yourself before God and let Him wash you. Let Him wash you. So tonight, we're just going to stand. And I want to do that song Brother Randy, just as I am. And I want to ask you, I don't know who you are, but maybe you would say, Brother Jackie, I need to give my heart to Jesus tonight. Or I need to make a decision tonight. I need to be a part of this church. But I truly feel like, I truly feel like this, and if I am wrong, God... God, you know my heart. I truly feel like that somebody needs to come to this altar and just let God wash you. Wash you with His Spirit as you become vulnerable tonight to come. So, Father, I've been obedient to that. Now, it's your decision. Men and women alike, not just women, but men, that would come to this altar and say, God, I need for you to wash me. Just wash me tonight with your presence and with your spirit. So you come if you want to come. Right now, you come. Just come. Whoever you may be, you come as we sing together tonight.